Acts chapter 2. Uh, it's found on page 1093 in the church Bibles, and uh, the words are also on the screen as well. So, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. <laughs> Amazing. That, that's, that, that looked pretty violent, fan-shaking, excellent. Um, so, um, so the violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans, then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Rich Arnold, who's uh, at Holy Cross Church, is going to come and speak to us for us. Morning, everyone. It is so good to all be together this morning. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it, to be able to uh, unite like this uh, and be here uh, all in the same building on this Sunday morning. We're going to pray and ask God to help us to understand uh, that rather dramatic reading that we've just had. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you that it is like a light and a hammer. Please, would it shine into our hearts that we might know you and your son Jesus more now, for his name's sake. Amen. Who can tell me who this is? Who is it? Shout out. Buzz Lightyear. I'm so excited about his new film coming out very soon, Lightyear. Um, I was hoping he would stand up, but I don't know I'm even going to try to attempt that. Um, Buzz Lightyear likes to say something. I'm going to see if you know. He says, To infinity! Now, those of you that don't know that, we can all say it now. Okay, here we go. He says, to infinity. And there you go. When some of us, two years ago in lockdown, looked at the book of Acts in our children's ministry, um, we used Buzz. 
And we're back in Acts today, so Buzz is back, okay? The book of Acts is all about God's global mission. His big worldwide plan. And we're told what that mission is in chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus will go back to heaven. From there he will send his Holy Spirit on his disciples and they will be witnesses. In other words, they will speak about Jesus, God's glorious King. That is God's global mission. You ever been to a lake and you've grabbed a pebble and you've dropped the pebble and you see it rippling out from the middle all the way out further and further and further? Well, we're being told here that God's global mission, it's going to start in Jerusalem and then it will ripple out reaching the whole world. Buzz might say, to Jerusalem! Let's try that again. In case case you don't know what you're saying, here we go. Buzz might say, to Jerusalem! That is God's global mission. And we're going to see two things today about the Holy Spirit's job in God's global mission. Here's the first thing. The Holy Spirit helps us with God's global mission. It's really simple, isn't it? The Holy Spirit helps us with God's global mission. Now, we're going to play a quick game called What Job Needs What? What Job Needs What? Okay, I've got a bag of things here, and I'm going to grab them, and you need to tell me which of these people, a plumber, a doctor, a fire person, a chef, which of these people would need the things that I'm going to grab out of the bag, okay? So here's the first one. Easy, isn't it? Okay. I didn't say it was a hard game. Okay. Uh, what about this? Chef! Couldn't find a big one, and this has got Play-Doh on it, but it is supposed to be a rolling pin. Okay. Um, I reckon the doctor needs that, doesn't he? A plumber probably needs a wrench. Okay. And... I can't hear you. <laughs> doctor will need a stethoscope. Brilliant. You're very good at that. What job needs what? Okay. You need the right thing to do the right job, don't you? A doctor uses a a stethoscope. A plumber uses a wrench. But what does God use to get his job done? Well, there's one more thing in my bag. Can someone read that? Any of you? All of you? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Let's see if we can prop him up up there. Probably won't get to stay. The Holy Spirit. Okay. But you know, the Holy Spirit, he's not, it's not just a thing to get a job done like a wrench. No, he's a person. And he's amazing. And he is who we need to help us get God's global mission done. Uh, John told his disciples to wait for Jesus before sending the Holy Spirit. Then... One day on the day of Pentecost, it happened. 
amazing, weird things happened. And you're going to need to have the, the paper and the flames at the ready, okay? Because the first thing is that there's this wind. So let's get the, that's it, well done. And then have a look at what it says in verse 2. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Often in the Bible, the, um, the, the wind is a picture of the Holy Spirit. But look, this wasn't some kind of gentle breeze. Ah, swaying. This was violent and loud. It swept through the house. Maybe slamming the doors. Thanks, keep going. Slamming the doors and, and knocking things off the table. You couldn't miss it. This was a big deal. Okay, you can stop now. Because next there was the fire. Get those flames out. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, verse 3, that separated and came to rest on each of them. Sadly to say, it would have been a bit more impressive than this. In the Bible, fire is a symbol of God being with his people. But thankfully, this fire wasn't actually fire, so they didn't have to worry about burnt eyebrows or anything like that. But it did show that God was with them. You couldn't miss it. It was a big deal. And then they started to speak in different languages. Did you notice that? Verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages. So we're going to play another quick game called, Hello There. And I'm going to say something. I'm going to say hello in a language. And you need to try and quickly guess which language you think it is. No, no, no multiple choice. You just kind of have to shout out a guess, okay? Okay, here we go. Here's the first country. Bok. Bok. Have a guess. Uh, oh, they're not from the they're not from the places in the Bible. Just to let you know, Phrygia or wherever. It's it's Croatia. Anyone get that? Uh, okay, here, here we go. Another one. Oh yeah, I didn't say this game was hard, but it is. Um, Jambo, Jambo. Okay, some countries. Do you know what language it is? It's Swahili. Well done. And then Sveki. What have you finished, Stephen? Uh, not quite finished. It is Latvian. I mean, it could be finished as well, but it's definitely Latvian. Okay. But when the Holy Spirit came, these disciples, they weren't just saying hello to each other. Verse 9 to 11 tells us that there were all these people from all sorts of countries, and they understood everything the disciples were saying. And did you notice what they were saying was the wonders of God. They were proclaiming the wonders of God and everybody there could suddenly understand it. How? I mean, they didn't take a quick online course. It's because, verse 4, the Spirit enabled them. He helped them. You couldn't miss it. It was a big deal. Uh, the people in verse 12, after all this, they're scratching their heads and they're asking, what does all this mean? It's a good question, but we have chapter 1, verse 8, that tells us what it means. It means that God's global mission has begun. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's obvious they received power with the fire and the wind and the languages. They, they started to witness for Jesus. They were able to speak about him in different languages. God's plan for it to ripple out is happening. It's starting in Jerusalem, but people are already from all over hearing it. It's going to Jerusalem. You're getting better. Well done. Do you see? God gives his people exactly what they need for his global mission. The Holy Spirit helps with God's global mission. In fact, more than that, God's mission can't happen without the Spirit. And you know, God's global mission, it's still happening today, right now. It's even rippled out as far as here in Hove in 2022. Since Acts 2, every single person who trusts in Jesus has the Spirit in them, including us. And yes, he doesn't come in the same way with the, with the flames uh, and the wind uh, and the languages probably, because Acts 2 is the unique big deal launch event for God's global mission. But we do have the same Spirit, the same help, And so the same power to speak about Jesus. We have what we need for God's global mission. And we're going to think a bit more in a a moment about what we say as we get involved in this mission. Okay, excellent. So we're going to see a second thing now. We've seen that the Holy Spirit helps us with God's global mission. We're now going to see that the Holy Spirit shows us God's glorious King. The Holy Spirit shows us God's glorious King. Dan, I wonder if you can help me bring the throne over for me, please. Thank you. I'm just going to pop Buzz there. Sorry, Buzz. There we go. So the Holy Spirit shows us God's glorious King. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, In Acts chapter 2, as soon as the Holy Spirit came, Peter, a disciple, started to preach. And like every good sermon, he speaks about Jesus. And this J is for Jesus. You know, it's interesting, Peter, after all that's just happened in the first bit of Acts, Peter doesn't say much about the Holy Spirit at all. And that's because the Holy Spirit's job is to show people Jesus. Peter tells everyone that Jesus is God's glorious king. The one who sits on the throne over all things. And let's look then at what uh, some of what Peter says. Uh, we haven't read this yet, so we're going to kind of read bits as we go along. Words will be on the screen. But to help us see what Peter says, um, we're going to get some pictures up here. Now, there might be a box with a picture on it by your feet under your chair. Could you all just check? And if you've got one, please do bring it up for me. That would be really helpful. Have you got a box for me? Here we go. Here's one. Thank you. Any more? It should be four. It should be four. Another box. Is there a box? 
Well, it's a race. Thank you. Thank you. And one more word on Dylan. Excellent. Thank you very much. Let's put them around our throne. Okay. Now, you might not all be able to see that, but there will be a chance to on the screen uh, soon enough. So Peter, first of all, talks about Jesus' miracles. His miracles, that one at the front there. Verse 22, have a look at that. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Peter's saying that Jesus did amazing, glorious things that show us he must be God. And then he talks about the cross. Verse 23, this man... Jesus was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Peter says Jesus was killed by evil people, but it was always God's plan for Jesus to die as saviour. And then he talks about Jesus' resurrection. Verse 24, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Peter says Jesus was raised to life. Even death couldn't beat him. And then he talks about Jesus's what we call ascension. Verse 33, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Peter says that Jesus went back to heaven where he's in charge of everything on his throne and from there he sent the Spirit on his people. Wow. It's a good sermon, isn't it? Not mine, Peter's. It's a good sermon. And there's pictures there in case you can't see the ones on the boxes. Talking of sermons, I don't always find it easy to know how to end mine. So I'm just going to keep going. No, many teasing. But I do find it hard to know how to finish. Well, Peter, he has a cracking end to his sermon. Have a look at it on verse, uh, in verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. It's kind of a summary of all these pictures on the boxes. Jesus is Lord, the the God and King of everything. Jesus is Messiah, the, the promised King who saves. In other words, Jesus is God's glorious King. That was Peter's message Because that is the message of God's global mission. And the Holy Spirit's job, or is it? The Holy Spirit's job is to show people that that is true. Can't quite see them both there, can we? There we go. To show people that Jesus is God's glorious king. You see, the the Spirit helped Peter talk about God's glorious king. And he also helped people believe that Jesus is God's glorious king. Have a look at verse 37. 
When people heard Peter's sermon, they were cut to the heart. They asked, what shall we do? Verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, it's a word that you may not know. Repent means to change direction and go the other way. And in the Bible, it means stop living for yourself and start living with Jesus as king. You know, it's wonderful to have Tyler's baptism this morning when we're looking at this passage. Because baptism is a picture on the outside of of repentance, of, of God washing us and forgiving us so that we turn to Jesus on the inside. And our prayer is that Tyler would grow up in that, knowing that Jesus is God's glorious king and live a life of repentance. That's what happened to the people in Acts. They repent, they're forgiven for their sins, they change direction, start to live for Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes and lives in them. Peter could never have told these people that Jesus is God's glorious king without the Holy Spirit. And the people could never have trusted that Jesus is God's glorious king without the Holy Spirit. And check out verse 41. It tells us that 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Wowzers! I mean, I thought we had a lot here this morning. 3,000! Acts 2, then, is the start of the church. And boy, it grows quickly straight away, doesn't it? Do you see? This is God's global mission at work. Helping people to trust that Jesus is God's glorious king. All because the Spirit came. And there are way more than 3,000 people following Jesus today. The mission is still going. And we are part of that. Part of the church. God's global people. Now, if all of this is new to you, you might be like the people in verse 12 who are scratching their heads a bit confused. What is all this? The Spirit, Jesus being King. You might be like the people in verse 13 who just kind of laugh it off. But if so many people did and still do trust in Jesus the King, there must be something at least worth investigating, mustn't there? Would you do that if you're not following Jesus this morning? Maybe talk to someone that you trust that can help you. If you have trusted in Jesus being your King, you've only done that because the Holy Spirit has worked in you. To show you. So rejoice that he has shown you who Jesus really is. And will you get on board with God's global mission? Showing others that Jesus is God's glorious king. See it started in Jerusalem. But now we take it to Brighton and Hove and... Come on. To Brighton and Hove. 
It's scary. It's daunting. Talking about Jesus. There it is. It's scary. It's daunting. We might not always know how to say the right things at the right time. But you have exactly what you need for the job. The Holy Spirit of God is in you and with you and will help you. And who knows, he may even be at work in those you're speaking to, to show them that Jesus is king too. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for the Lord Jesus, our glorious king, your glorious king, who came to save us from our sin and wash us clean on the inside. Thank you that your mission is all about making him known. And thank you that we're not on our own to do that wonderful, important work. Thank you that your spirit is all that we need. Would we depend on him? as we go about proclaiming Jesus to those around us. Help us, we pray, for his and for your namesake. Amen.